Welcome to Politicus, the only podcast that discusses politics and public service from the Portuguese-American perspective. Here we discuss everything from federal policy, local issues, and U.S.-Portugal relations with the goal of driving more discussion and awareness of the issues affecting our nation, our community, and what we as Portuguese-Americans can do about it. And now, Politicus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Politicus, another exciting episode of our podcast from Palcus, the Portuguese-American Leadership Council of the United States. I'm Denise Borges, and uh, normally we do this with our partner, uh, Angela Costa Simões. Angela won't be with us today, but we are very excited about today's podcast. We have with us a young lady who is of Portuguese-American background and who is doing some grand work in way northern California area. It is my pleasure to introduce to our audience, Sofia Pereira. Welcome, Sofia. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Let's uh, talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, your Portuguese connection and what uh, basically where you were born and raised and uh, what drove you into this exciting world of politics. Yes. Uh, so my great-grandparents on my uh, father's side of the family came to the United States from the Azores and Madeira, and they planted their roots in Santa Clara, California, where my uh, grandparents were born and raised, where my father, my uncles, and my aunt were born and raised, and uh, where my sister and I uh, grew up as well. So we have a, a strong connection uh, to the community of Santa Clara, where there's a strong Portuguese-American presence. And it was actually a community that I grew up in going to the uh, same Catholic school my grandfather graduated from, my family graduated from. So it felt like a small town uh, growing up in Silicon Valley, oddly enough, given the sense of community there. My great-grandparents uh, were business owners in downtown Santa Clara. And then my grandfather, Gil Pereira, uh, who... Uh, I was fortunate enough to get to know uh, into my, my young adult years, started a business in downtown Santa Clara as well, and was very involved in the community. And he uh, was actually very involved in advocating for the protection of the historical downtown of Santa Clara during a time that urban renewal movements were happening across California uh, to really level out and uh, start fresh with new buildings and creating new downtowns. But he knew at the time that this would be really detrimental to local businesses and uh, moving away from really this uh, sense of community that older downtowns have. And it's interesting because I feel like he was ahead of his time, even though he wasn't su successful in advocating uh, to protect that historical downtown. I'm now the city council member of a town called Arcata. Mm -hmm. uh, in very Northern California, uh, where we have a beautiful uh, historical downtown plaza, where historical preservation really uh, is a, an important part of our community. And so uh, I think while he was ahead of his time, I think uh, communities across the country and uh, in California have seen the value of maintaining that, that unique architecture uh, that we have in our towns and, and the sense of community that they can help build. Now, you uh, were born and raised, obviously, in the Santa Clara area, and then you moved up to attend college, correct? Yes. So I came to Arcata uh, back in 2005 to attend Humboldt State University, and I fell in love with the community. And I stayed after I graduated and uh, wanted to be more involved in my community throughout my time as a student as a, and as a young professional. So uh, I found uh, my path into politics purely because I was, I was interested in making a difference in my community. And uh, I 
was originally interested in serving in government as a family court mediator based on an experience that I had growing up and wanting to make a difference in people's lives in that way. And it wasn't until my time in college where I got to see that there were many other ways that we can make a difference and even make a difference on a systemic level. And so I got really interested in public policy and how important it is uh, to have those different voices at the table in our in our policy decision-making process. So I, I got involved in politics, started working on campaigns and working uh, in uh, public policy for several years uh, for a state legislator, working in county government, advocating for rural representation in health and human services policy across the state, uh, then eventually ran uh, for city council uh, back in 2014 and uh, have really uh, enjoyed that work and was uh, just reelected in 2018 uh, to the Arcata City Council. Yeah, congratulations. Tell us a little bit about our uh, listening audience uh, across the U.S., uh, where Arcata is located, and a little bit of a, of a background on the city, if you may, please. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the city of Arcata is in Humboldt County, which is a, a very uh, rural area in Northern California. So imagine you're looking at San Francisco and you're driving up 101, Highway 101. We're about a five-hour drive north and you still haven't hit the Oregon border. Uh, it is a beautiful place to live. We are nestled between the redwoods and the ocean. Uh, so we have wonderful a wonderful uh, community forest, a public forest for um, visitors and residents to enjoy. Uh, we are a close drive uh, to the beach, uh, although I wouldn't recommend swimming in it without a wetsuit <laughs> because it's pretty <laughs> cold. Um, and our town of Arcata has been uh, historically known uh, for for a place of political activism and advocacy. We have Humboldt State University. Uh, we're a college town, and we are really an incubator for, for new innovative ideas and really a great place for people to become civically engaged. Uh, yeah, the, I was uh, going to ask exactly <laughs> that. How does, the, how does the university setting shape the town? Uh, you know, it's really a, a, a symbiotic relationship because Arcata and Humboldt County as a whole wouldn't be what it is today uh, without the university there. Uh, we have really a, a brain trust there where we are able to have new ideas and an educated workforce come out and innovate and create new businesses uh, in Arcata and in, and in Humboldt County. So uh, it's been really uh, valuable for us as a community to have the university there uh, and then for the university, uh, it is a benefit to have our community there because we create uh, real-life hands-on experiences for students to affect change and learn in their community. I think that is the benefit of being a small university in a small town is that you get the opportunity to, to learn more in a, in a hands-on experience. Right. In Arcata and uh, getting involved in, in, in politics and um, this podcast uh, is obviously to, to focus on Portuguese Americans, uh, yeah. people of Portuguese American backgrounds such as yourself. They get involved as public servants. Sometimes people think, you know, when we get involved in politics, of course, at the national level, you know, Congress, uh, the presidency, etc. But there is a lot of work that needs to be done at the local level, correct? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I would argue that uh, some of the great ideas that we see get implemented at a state or national level are ideas that really get explored at the local level. I would say for environmental issues, uh, environmental causes, uh, the city of Arcata has been uh, an environmental leader. And uh, we, if you look at 
in California, we had a statewide uh, single-use plastic bag ban that happened. Uh, and that was pretty groundbreaking for the state of California. But that wasn't until after well over 150 cities and counties in California took that first step and said, you know, this is something that's important for our community. So we're, we're not going to wait for, for the state or the federal government. We're going to make this decision that, that makes sense for our community. And so uh, we really should be looking to get more uh, folks involved in local government because that is a place where we are most directly connected to our neighbors. You run into your constituents <laughs> everywhere you go, uh, being uh, an elected official in, in a small town and being able to affect that change on a local level, you're able to see the, the impact uh, of your decisions. And obviously, politics have been, uh, or the word actually, political figure has been kind of a dirty word in the last few years in, in America in many ways. And sometimes young people such as yourselves don't want to get involved. Do you believe it should be the opposite? I mean, it, this is a very crucial time for our country, for our state, and uh, it is important for young people to get involved. What can we do to get more young people involved? Well, I, I think it's an important to, to recognize that uh, young people have, have been involved in our communities in different ways. And I think, uh, to your point, there have been many young people that have been turned off by politics. They see the mudslinging right. and people not getting things done. And yeah, that doesn't seem very attractive. If you want to make a difference, you want to make a positive difference in your community. So I think as elected officials, we need to be role models for a new type of leadership and to show that... Uh, we can achieve uh, work with people that we disagree with. We can we can take on ambitious ideas and goals to address really difficult issues that our community is facing, whether it's climate change or housing. Uh, people want to see uh, that we're able to deliver on what we've set out to do. And we have to also lift up other people as elected officials to create more opportunities. I've made it a priority to make sure that on all of our city committees and commissions that we are bringing in more diverse perspectives, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's a Humboldt State University student uh, who wants to get more involved or a mother uh, who has two children uh, who hasn't typically had uh, the opportunities to get more involved. We want to make sure that we have more diverse perspectives at the table because at the end of the day, you're going to have better uh, results because you're you're going to be able to cover some of those blind spots that we all have um, from all of our different perspectives. And, and talking about your city as well, and uh, in your short bio, that's you know that all of the uh, cities have about their city council, and that's important, you know, nowadays to mix technology and to make uh, all of the information and more accessible to everyone. You talk about that your one of your vision is uh, for Arcata to become the first zero waste uh, city in Humboldt County. Can you talk a little bit about that? What does that mean? Absolutely. So one thing I'll say is that when we talk about addressing climate change, one of the things that can get lost in the conversation is what we do with our waste and what we send to our landfills and how that has a direct relationship to greenhouse gases and methane that gets released. And so we want to make sure that at a local level that we're uh, not able to promote, not only promote just clean energy and walkability and, uh, you know, getting off of fossil fuels, but recognizing that uh, when we send something to the landfill, there's an impact there. So zero waste uh, is both a, a, a goal and a journey that is focused on reducing uh, what we send to our landfills. And so that includes uh, prevention. So making sure that 
Uh, if there's something upstream that we can do to prevent waste from happening to begin with, for example, not using uh, single-use plastic bags, but using reusable bags is a great example of prevention that we can take. It also goes down to what do we do with a product that uh, is recyclable and is there a way to use that end product to create something new? In the city of Arcata, we have a, a business called Fire and Light, which takes recycled glass and creates beautiful glassware uh, for dining sets, so for plates and glasses. Uh, so they, they've taken a recycling product and, and created something new and beautiful with it that, that people can enjoy. And so it's really about creating an infrastructure for people to prevent waste from happening, but also making it easier for businesses uh, to create something new with the products that we uh, do recycle or that we're sending to our landfills. One of the other areas that is mentioned about is the use of technology by your city to uh, to get more resident engagement. In today's world, you know, of course, we're all, it seems like we're all tied into technology. It's part of our lives 24-7, sometimes too much of it. But how do, <laughs> how do, how, how do cities uh, bridge that gap and get everyone of all generations to use technology in a positive manner, obviously? Absolutely. Well, people more and more want to know what local government, what our governments in general are up to. And so some of the important efforts that we've made is to make it really easy for people to track an issue that they care about so they can go onto our website, cityofarcada.org. And if they're they're interested in, in a particular housing project that maybe uh, has garnered a lot of interest, if they are interested in sea level rise or whatever the issue may be, they can sign up to receive alerts when those uh, issues are coming before us as a city council, uh, if there's going to be a community meeting on that matter. Uh, so that's one really important way that we can use technology uh, to keep people in the loop because not everyone, uh, as much as I enjoy reading our city council agendas every uh, time they come up, not everyone is waiting with bated breath <laughs> to, sure. to go onto our website for the new agenda. So it's an easy way that we can kind of meet people where they're at. Also really important uh, in terms of public safety is making sure people have access uh, to crime data. And so that is something over the past several years that we've uh, made accessible uh, to the public is they can go onto our website and if they heard, oh, I heard there was a burglary um, somewhere down the road, they can be able to pull up that information and see the information about uh, police response to that. Uh, so it's really important to keep people uh, in the loop in that way as well. And of course, social media uh, mm -hmm. is really a really key. Uh, people of all different generations uh, are using uh, social media, whether it's Instagram uh, to Facebook. And so uh, using those different platforms are a really good way to meet people of uh, all different generations and walks of life. Uh, recently, you were just featured, uh, which was great, in one in, in the Portuguese press. I don't know if you know that. I'm sure you do. Yes. Uh, and um, about your work with uh, She Should Run and what you've done with that organization and with that in the past. Tell us a little bit about uh, your work uh, with uh, She Should Run and what what uh, what has been actually a phenomenal uh, last few months and years for yeah. women in the political world. Finally. Yes. Uh, so uh, in terms of my experience of working with women running for office, I've worked with women uh, candidates for, for most of my career, whether that was working uh, for an organization like She Should Run, building out their training programs for women to 
working for on a congressional uh, campaign myself uh, to now uh, I'm focused on working one-on-one with women. Uh, so now I, I individually coach women who want to run for office, helping women from the very early stages of figuring out what their game plan is going to be to on the ground providing support while they're running for office. Uh, so that is that is something that is incredibly important. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, bringing more diverse perspectives into the decision-making process, uh, we can see uh, better outcomes. When we see more women in the conversation, we see different policies get brought up. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, it was just uh, yesterday or the day before that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, a presidential candidate, is now bringing up universal child care. Uh, she had the experience as a, a single mother uh, trying to take care of her children and how she was able to have uh, family support. But now she takes that experience and now is bringing that into the policy debate of this is something that we should talk about as a country. So we can see real tangible results when we are having more women at the table. And we definitely have seen great gains uh, for women uh, running for office, uh, more women achieving these positions in Congress, uh, state legislatures, and local offices uh, across the country. But it is just a sign that while we've made gains, there's still a lot more work to do. And so I'm really excited about uh, the work I've been able to do to support women one-on-one to continue, continue that movement. So we've seen, as you mentioned, great gains in women in the in the U.S. Congress, especially in the last election. But as you said, this has uh, been also the case in many local levels, right? Yes. It, it hasn't been just in Congress that we've seen women. Women have been uh, running for different offices uh, throughout the different states. And, and and as you mentioned, this can have a total impact because it brings all these diverse you know perspectives that for a long time were not seen in our country. You, you mentioned also the um, that your grandfather, uh, Bill Pereira, if I'm... Uh, uh, Gil, Gil Pereira. Mm-hmm. Right, was involved in and a little bit ahead of his time when it came to uh, some ideas for the city of Santa Clara. Was he uh, in any way an, an influence on uh, your decision to, to go into public life? He was a, in, really an influence to me in terms of uh, being committed to my community. He was someone that was really committed to the community of Santa Clara, to the people of Santa Clara, even though he never held elected office. And I think that's also something really important to highlight is that there are so many different ways that we can be leaders in our community. And while I will absolutely advocate for people uh, to serve in public office, it's, it's an incredible honor to do that. Uh, there, but there are, are uh, thousands of people across this country who are like my grandfather, Gil Pereira, who are just committed to their community, committed to their church. He was very active uh, in in our parish. And uh, he was also someone that not only was committed to the community that we lived in, but also to the international community. He uh, He served in India during World War II, and he uh, stayed in contact with folks there and helped to build schools. Uh, he also uh, helped uh, support houses being built in other developing countries around the world. And so he had uh, a commitment to our community of Santa Clara, uh, but also saw the global perspective of how we should be thinking about the impact we make across the across the globe. And so I would say that sense of service and responsibility uh, absolutely influenced me into my adult life. Uh, what are some of the issues also, Sophia, that we, you see that are facing, not just obviously we mentioned quite a few of them for the city of Arcata, but what are some of the issues that are near to your heart as far as that our country and the state of California are faced with from your perspective? 
Across California, uh, housing, uh, of course, has been uh, a really important issue. I believe every person should have access to housing, and we have uh, housing costs uh, that that are rising. And that, even though in Humboldt County and in Arcata, our prices are a price of housing is uh, much less than the Bay Area or Southern California in many cases, uh, given the median income here in Humboldt County, a more rural uh, area, it is hard for people, uh, for young families uh, to be able to, to purchase a home uh, in Arcata. And so uh, that is something that I've been committed to working on uh, the past four years and into these next four years uh, on the council. Along with housing, uh, which has short-term and long-term impacts. I've also uh, been very interested in the work that we can be doing in Arcata to address sea level rise and making sure that the decisions that we make today uh, are going to help us get through the changes that are going to happen over the next several decades. Uh, we're a coastal community, and so there are going to be unique challenges with that. And uh, I think we're one of the first cities across California that is taking a really hard look about the planning decisions that we make today that are going to affect the decisions uh, and the, the situation that we'll be dealing with, you know, 40, 50 years from now. Uh, along with that, a really important piece that is important to me is uh, making sure that we have an inclusive and safe community for everyone in Arcata. Uh, given that we are a college town, there's always those town and, and gown uh, relationships that need to be uh, maintained. Mm -hmm. But making sure that as our demographics shift, uh, we are having a more diverse student population in a in a town um, that has been predominantly white and making sure that we are making our community safe for, for all people and that people can feel the sense of community and, and enjoy uh, all that Arcata has to offer. And so we've had lots of really great community building work that has happened to bridge uh, the generational divide uh, and bridge that town and gown uh, gap that sometimes occurs. As we come up on the end of our podcast, a couple other uh, quick uh, notes and questions. First of all, we always try to have kind of a call to action, especially to everyone that listens to Politicus, but especially younger uh, uh, Americans of Portuguese ancestry. What uh, would be some of the words of wisdom that you could give uh, people of your generation and of all generations, uh, whether yeah. they're retired or have some extra time on their hands or, or care deeply about an issue? Uh, what are some pointers that you can give so folks can get involved? Well, uh, the first thing I would say for, for folks that want to get involved is to remember that your voice and your perspective matters. Uh, our, our country uh, and our communities uh, thrive when we are able to have a debate of great ideas and that we, we need your perspective, whatever it may be. Even if you and I disagree, we need your perspective in the debate about where our communities are going. Uh, so just know that first and foremost. And uh, secondly, there are many different ways uh, to get involved, uh, whether that's uh, showing up to a city council meeting and having your perspective heard at public comment, to joining a local government committee or commission, or running for office yourself. There are lots of resources that are out there to help support you if you want to run for office. Uh, you don't have to have a traditional political background in order uh, to run and, and be successful. You need to be uh, integrated and a part of your community. And uh, just know that it takes a village to run for office. So as long as you have that support network, uh, it's something that you can accomplish. But nothing was was ever accomplished with just one person. It, it, it takes uh, a community to get something done. Uh, so just make sure uh, that you're, you're staying connected. And there's really 
great ways for you to make an impact. So we we need you. <laughs> right. And the last question uh, is the $64,000 question. So mm-hmm. um, are we going to see you hopefully in state politics and even <laughs> national? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that a possibility? Not, <laughs> we hope so. Uh, well, well, thank you. I, I mean, I do have to say, um, I, I'm, I'm flattered by the question. I, I do get asked that a lot being a young woman in politics uh, and uh, really appreciate the sentiment. I'm really excited about what we're doing in Arcata, and I wouldn't feel good about leaving the work that I'm doing in Arcata until I felt like there, uh, that I could leave it in a, a better place than when I first came on. So that's really what I'm focused on right now. And also the other thing I would add is that uh, the work that I'm committed to doing to bringing more women and more diverse perspectives uh, into elected office, that's also a, a mission of mine is to make sure that we're lifting up and we're elevating other voices into political office. And so that's going to be something I'm going to be doing regardless of what I do um, in, in my own political path. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Sophia, and kudos to you for all that you are doing. Congratulations on being reelected. Congratulations on uh, all of your work to make Arcata and California and our world a much better place. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners. Please uh, continue to listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please give a like. Please uh, uh, make any comments. Share with your family or friends. And uh, do remember to be also a member of Palkus, uh, palkus.org for more information. I'm Denise Borges. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Politicus. Thank you for listening to Politicus, the official podcast of Palkus, the Portuguese-American Leadership Council of the United States. Palkus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese-American community at large. To learn more about Palkus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palkus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palkus at palkus.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palkus. Politicus is made possible through the support of the Luso-American Development Foundation.